This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast that aims to look at all aspects of our national team. And this episode, it's the turn of Serena Weigmann's Lionesses. I'll be joined by Rich Laverty later in the show, but first I'd like to introduce you to the Arnold Clark Cup. A brand new international football tournament is on the horizon. The all-new Arnold Clark Cup will bring together England, Germany, Spain and Canada and feature the world's biggest players playing in top venues from the 17th to the 23rd of February for one prize, the Arnold Clark Cup. See the action live at the Riverside Stadium, Carrow Road and Molyneux. Buy your tickets today. You won't want to miss it. Look now at arnoldclarkcup.com. Well, there you are. Before we crack on, let me just remind you about the podcast. It can be found on all the usual social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just search Three Lions Podcast. And all previous episodes, well, they can be found at your podcast provider of choice. They're all there. All feel-good, wholesome England content. Now, since 2016, the Lionesses have participated in the She Believes Cup an invitational round-robin tournament held in the United States late February, early March time. And they've done okay over the years, with three third places, one second place, and there was that victory in 2019. Over the years, similar women's competitions have also been played at a similar time. There was the Cyprus Cup, there's the Algarve Cup, the Turkish Women's Cup, now the FA... Well, they've decided to hop onto this idea with the Arnold Clark Cup, a four-team invitational tournament to be held around England from the 17th to the 23rd of February. And for those that don't know, Arnold Clark, well, it's a European car dealership. Now, the three other invited teams, well, they are Germany, Canada and Spain. And those games are going to be played across three different English cities. There's going to be two fixtures per match day played at the same venue. And these are Thursday the 17th of February. There's Germany versus Spain at Middlesbrough's Riverside Stadium. Kick-off 2.30. Then at 7.30 that same day, same venue, the Lionesses play Canada. Sunday the 20th at Norwich City's Carrow Road. At 3.15, the Lionesses face Spain, with Canada meeting Germany later on at 8.15. Then finally, Wednesday the 23rd, at Wolves Molyneux Stadium, Spain play Canada at 2.30, and the Lionesses playing Germany at 7.30 in the evening. Tickets, well, they're available through the FA or through the Arnold Clark website. I've got one for the Spain game at Norwich, which should be good. But if you are unable to go, all the games, well, they're apparently going to be shown on ITV or probably ITV4 as well. 
Now, as it's a round-robin tournament, three points will be awarded for a win, one for a draw, and obviously nothing for a loss. If it's a tie at the top come the end of the tournament, goal difference is going to determine the winners. Now, with regards to the stadiums used, the Riverside at Middlesbrough, well, that's only hosted the women once before, back in 2019, when Brazil won 2-1 in a friendly. That was shortly after the France World Cup when Phil Neville was in charge and the Lionesses were on what could be called as a bit of a come down and stuck in a bit of a rut with regards to results. Carrow Road has hosted three times before. First in 2000 in a 2001 European Championships qualifier when Norway came away with all three points in a 3-0 win. And in 2002, in a friendly against 10-woman Nigeria, the girls lost by a goal to nil. Norwich hadn't been a happy hunting ground for the girls until March 2006, again in a friendly, and they beat Iceland 1-0, thanks to a second-half Karen Carney goal. Molyneux, Wolverhampton, has never hosted an England senior women's international, so that's going to be a first. And on a side note, none of these venues will be used during the European Championships later in the year. Now, with regards to our opponents, the Lionesses record against them all is a little mixed, to say the least. So let's start with Canada, our first opponents. Since 1995, we've met them 14 times, winning seven and losing seven. No draws between the pair. Probably the most significant being the 2015 Women's World Cup quarterfinals. You may remember Jodie Taylor and Lucy Bronze putting us 2-0 up in the first 15 minutes. And we were also successful over them in the 1995 World Cup held in Sweden, where in the group stages we were 3-2 winners, thanks to two goals from Jill Coulthard and one from Marianne Spacey. Although in a friendly tournament with Canada and the USA in 2003... We played the Canadians twice in the space of three days and we lost them both 4-0. And the last time we met was in 2021 in a friendly at Stoke where we lost 2-0. Spain, like Canada, we've played on 14 occasions, winning six, drawing five and losing three. And we last played them in the 2020 She Believes Cup, losing by a goal to nil. But we did beat them 2-0 in the group stages in the 2017 European Championships held in the Netherlands. We've actually met them on numerous occasions in European Championship qualifying over the years. At the first meeting back in 1993. Germany though are a team we've struggled against and that's putting it mildly. Now we were due to play them away in Weisbaden in October 2020, but that was cancelled due to a Covid outbreak. But over the years, the two sides have met 26 times. Germany amazingly winning 21 of those. Four have been draws and there has only been the one Lionesses win. And it was back in the 2015 Canadian World Cup in the third place playoff match. A Farrell Williams extra time penalty ensured that England finished third. 
But before that, there had been some dismal results against Dynational Elf, losing 6-2 in 2009, 5-1 in 2006, and there was an entertaining 4-6 defeat back in 1997 in a friendly at Preston's Deepdale. So it would be really good if the Lionesses could add to that one victory over Germany with this game at Molyneux. Now, on the same match dates that we entertain Canada, Spain and Germany, the She Believes Cup in the States takes place, with America hosting New Zealand, Czech Republic and Iceland. And it could be said that the standard of opponents has gone down there. I can't see anyone taking the trophy from the US women. There will be no Cyprus Cup this year. Like 2021, it has been cancelled due to COVID-19. And it would appear the same has happened with the Turkish Women's Cup and the Algarve Cup, these also falling foul to coronavirus. It was the 8th of February that Serena Weigman announced her squad for the tournament, a 24-player squad featuring three goalkeepers, nine defenders, six in midfield and six up front. And already she has expressed her intention to rotate. So it is likely that we'll see the majority of these over the course of the three games. Unfortunately, though, Steph Horton's persistent injury has ruled her out, as has injury to Chelsea's Beth England. But Lucy Bronze and goalkeeper Ellie Roebuck, they are both selected for the first time by Weigman. And up to this point, she has been in charge for six Lionesses matches, of which they've all been won by an aggregate of 53 to nothing. Now, I've no doubt that the Arnold Cup games will be far more testing than those previous ones. But hey, that's the idea. If we've got our eyes on the Euros, then they need to be tested. Now, that squad in full is as follows. Goalkeepers, as I say, we've got three of them. Mary Earps from Manchester United, Hannah Hampton of Aston Villa, Ellie Roebuck, Manchester City. In defence, Millie Bright of Chelsea, Lucy Bronze, Manchester City, Jess Carter, Chelsea, Neve Charles, Chelsea, Rachel Daly of Houston Dash, she's the only overseas player, Alex Greenwood of Manchester City, Demi Stokes, also of Manchester City, and Leah Williamson and Lottie Wubben-Moy, both of Arsenal. Midfielders, Frank Kirby of Chelsea, Jordan Nobbs of Arsenal, Jill Scott, she's Aston Villa at the moment, although she is on loan from Manchester City. Georgia Stanway and Kira Walsh, again, both from Manchester City, and from Manchester United is Katie Zellum. And up front, we've got Lauren Hemp from Manchester City, Beth Mead and Nikita Paris from Arsenal, Alessia Russo and Ella Toon from Manchester United, and from across the other side of the city, Ellen White from Manchester City. Now, the oldest player in the squad, and indeed the most capped one, is of course Jill Scott. Uh, Katie Zellum has only got one cap to her name, was the last game of last year, it was against Latvia. The youngest player in the team is Lauren Hemp, aged 21. Of course, Ellen White is the top goal scorer. 48 goals to her name. Now, it is a squad with an average age of 26 
and it has 888 caps across it. There's 171 goals. As I say, Ellen White has got the majority of those. Uh, But I'm sure there are a few that have missed out. A few names that perhaps should be there, maybe, going forward. I'm sure we'll cover that with Rich Laverty. And as always, it's good to hear from Rich Laverty, who joins me now. Hello, Rich. Hi, mate. OK. Yes, very well. Thank you. So we've just heard the, the squad there that Serena announced a little while back. What's your take on it? Um, pretty standard. Uh, there weren't any huge shocks for me. I know people always want some kind of revolution when it comes to a, a squad announcement. Um the players that sort of returned weren't a huge surprise. Ellie Roebuck, Lucy Bronze, Leah Williamson, obviously about playing now. So, yeah, I think, you know, Bam, maybe one or two that may come back from injury um, between now and July. Obviously, Steph Horton, mm-hmm. uh, for example. Uh, Chloe Kelly, another one. Obviously, she's been a bit more long-term. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really see the squad being that much different in July to how it is now, which is probably not you know, the you know, the most outrageous thing in the world to say because obviously a manager wants to have a squad sort of together as, as soon as possible. So I think that group that Serena's working with now um is particularly significant because these are tough games. So you're gonna obviously pick your your absolutely strongest squad. There's no time for experimenting now. Um so yeah, I, I think it was about as standard as, as could be, to be honest. I don't think there was really any shocks. Um and yeah, I think that will, bar obviously, like I said, the one or two maybe come back. And, and unfortunately, you know, you, you always tend to have maybe one that drops out nearer the time. There's always one unlucky one that picks up an injury somewhere. I think it'll look pretty similar when we get to the, the Euros. Yeah, we're speaking on the Monday just before the uh, the the Canada game. I've, I think we've come through unscathed that no one has has pulled out with injury. Yes, I understand what you're saying about sort of having a, a settled squad, but is there any any players there that maybe would consider themselves a little bit unfortunate to not be considered? I mean, I guess Ebony Salmon came to, to my mind. I know she was sort of knocking on the door a little while back and, and Sandy McIver in goal, or at least too early? Yeah, um, no, I mean, they're not too early. I mean, Sandy's been in and around the squads quite a bit. Ebony, a little less so. Um, she got called up, obviously, last year for the first time. I just think you sort of go with that. I know people will say tried and tested. You know, England haven't actually won anything. But I, I just think it's it's difficult. I mean, the thing I always point to people and, and I say is, look, if you want to bring this player in, who drops out? Yeah. You know, yeah. and... You look at the forward players, you know, the out-and-out number nines that Ebony Salmon is. You've got Ellen White, you know, who's, who's going to be in there, you know, particularly when it gets to tournaments. She's been, I think, one top scorer or one of the top scorers in the last two international tournaments. Um, and then, obviously, you know, you've got your Beth Mead, your Lauren Hemps, your Toons, your Russos. Um, obviously, Kelly's out. And you look at them and go, well, you know, who, who's going to drop out? Same in goal. You know, Mary Earps is playing very, very well. Ellie Roebuck was always going to come back in. You know, she's established herself as, as one of the, the, the top goalkeepers. And 
you probably say Hannah Hampton at the minute slightly more deserving than McKeever. Um, Everton are obviously having a difficult season. That's not necessarily down to her. So it's tough because, you, you know, the, the thing we always say is you can only pick 23 players um, when it comes to, a, a, I think there's 24 in this one, but obviously for the Euros, um, 23. So, yeah, it, it's hard. I'm, I'm thinking with Ebony as well, obviously, She's not played a huge amount lately um, with the NWSL season having finished. I know that goes for Rachel Daly as well, but I think that's a slightly different situation in that she's much more sort of, you know, um, embedded in the squad, a lot more experience, brings that versatility. Um, and, and to be fair, I, I'm not against Ebony and, and Sandy being with the 23 squad. Um, I'm delighted that the 23 squad's come back because I think it it sort of plugs a real gap between the 19s and, and the first team because there's a lot of players that come out of the 19s that aren't necessarily ready to go straight into the first team. Um, so it, it at least it means on this camp that Ebony and Sandy and, and many others are still getting international football. So, you know, there's a few that, that are knocking about that are doing well, that have, have had patches of form, but it's hard, you know, international yeah. football, you know, these managers, they, you look at Canada's squad, Germany's squad, Spain's squad, they're all very similar to what you'd expect, you know, and, and once you have that kind of 23, managers generally are reluctant to to throw too many new players in because you're so close to a major tournament. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the, the opponents there. I have to be honest, I don't know a, a huge amount about each one, um, but let's just quickly go through... Uh, each one. I mean, starting with Canada, obviously they they are not going to be in this year's Euros, uh, obviously. Um, but by chance, Germany and Spain they've been drawn together in Group B of this year's Euros. Um, but Canada, we we know with Bev Priestman, who was former assistant to Phil Neville when he was in charge. She's in charge of the uh, uh, the Canadian side, uh, and Canada are first up. What what are your take on Canada? They're always just, and I mean this in such a a positive way in terms of the Canada team, but I always hate England-Canada games because they actually tend to be quite dull. But that is because Canada are so good at sort of what they do. You know, they don't, they don't go out and score a ton of goals, um, but they're so defensively resolute. Obviously, you've got players like Khadija Buchanan and, and Ashley Lawrence and whatnot back there. Vanessa Giles as well, who, who's just joined Angel City, is a very, very good defender. So they're very solid. They're very resolute. And, you know, they're never, I think, the last couple of games between England and Canada have been like 1-0 or 1-1 or something like that. So it's um, it'll be tough. I mean, it, it's they're in a slightly different situation. And, and I spoke to Bev about this on a, a media call last week in that obviously a lot of their players are out of season um, in right. terms of the NWSL. They do have a lot of European players, to be fair. They've actually got quite a few based in England, but also, like you said, they're not in the European Championship, so their they're sort of objectives for this tournament are slightly different. I think for them it's about, you know, where are they at ahead of the World Cup next year? Um, whereas the other three teams are absolutely, you know, going full steam ahead, preparing for a major tournament. So Canada probably come into it thinking, you know, maybe they'll not be the whipping boys, obviously, because they're, they're the Olympic gold medalists, but they're maybe not going to be at the same stage as the other teams, but they will be very, very hard to beat because they always are. And, you know, people always say, don't they, defence wins tournaments. And I think that's what won Canada um, the gold medal um, at Tokyo. So that'll be tough. It'll be a, a tough game and, and a good first test. 
Yeah, no, interesting. Um, and I guess as well, with you saying that about England-Canada games, I, I guess from your perspective, it's good to get that one out of the way first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, it, like I said, it's a, it's a positive thing in terms of how they get results. But it just, yeah, there's just a history that they're not, they don't tend to always be the most sort of open uh, games in the world. I'd expect it to be pretty close. It'll probably be 3 3 now. But <laughs> uh, well, next up is Spain at, that's going to be at Carrow Road, Norwich. Um, the one, one player I, I was aware of is it Honor or Owner Battle? Um, place for for Manchester United uh, is Spanish and was likely to play. Yeah, Ona's a very good player. She's done very well in England. I mean, Spain at the minute, potentially, you know, haven't had the greatest record in major tournaments, but, you know, I think they are one of the favourites for the the Euros because of, I mean, they've got so many of the Barcelona players um, that obviously they are literally, Barcelona are dominating European football at the moment. Um, obviously, Alexia Patelas, Ballon d'Or winner, um, won basically every award at the back end of, of last year. But, you know, not just Alexia, but Jenny Hermoso and, um, you know, Aitana Bonmate, Mappy Leon, Irene Paredes, you know, Sandra Partingall, owners, another one. They're just absolutely stacked with quality um, throughout. It's a little bit of a shame that they're probably the most exciting game from an English point of view, is is out in Norwich, um, which, like we touched upon off record, not the most accessible yeah. place yeah. in the world for large parts of the country. But um, no, I think that would be a really exciting match, um, the Spain game. And I think that will potentially be the toughest test because I, I, I genuinely look at their team and, and I don't really see where they have a weak area. Okay. And then the the final game being played up at Wolverhampton uh, at Molyneux uh, is against Germany. And I seem to remember you saying in the past, Germany are, I don't know, in a transitional phase, um, that they're sort of up and coming, but just not there yet. It's... Yeah, they, they've been a little bit sort of like that. But I mean, they've got such an extremely talented squad, but it is still kind of, there's a lot of young players in there um, yeah. that haven't had a huge amount of major tournament experience, but that's not always necessarily a bad thing, you know, that they play without that fear. And, you know, you would be, I think we all know, don't we, whether we've watched England men or England women, you can never discount the Germans, you know, mm-hmm. you don't hear of them for four years and then they rock up at a major tournament and suddenly they go into tournament mode. Um, it's a little bit of a shame with Germany. They, they've actually got a few, um, there's a couple of key players missing across you know, quite a few. Obviously, Christine Sinclair's out for Canada, which is a shame. Um, but Germany, uh, Marajan, um, obviously one of their key players. Uh, at Lyon is injured. Uh, Melanie Leopold's at Chelsea. She's out. There's a couple more as well. But you know, it's still a it's still a really exciting squad because there's names in there that maybe are not overly familiar to sort of your casual women's football fans who don't watch a lot of European football. But, I mean, Lena Oberdorf, the, the 20-year-old defender slash midfielder at Wolfsburg, is an unbelievable talent. You know, Leah Schuller, fantastic striker at Bayern Munich. Um, Julia Vins back in the squad now after injury. She's only 22. Clara Bulls, another one, 21, again, at Bayern Munich. Um, and even Brand, you know, at 19 years old. At Hoffenheim, she's just literally signed for Wolfsburg this morning. Um, right. So there's an incredible amount of exciting young talent in the Germany squad. And, 
maybe the Euros might be a tournament too early for that group. Um, but I think they are definitely building towards something quite exciting. Um, and I think this is a real good opportunity for many of their young players to go up against, you know, three top national teams. But I think that, again, that and it, that against England, but also Germany versus Spain um, will be two, I think, very exciting matches. Yeah. And I'm guessing as well that Germany and Spain will be using this tournament as a uh, a little sort of look around for later on in the year for the Euros. I'm guessing that they're probably going to be using the same um, base wherever they may be, um, just to sort of feel, get that familiarity around them. Yeah, I mean, like you say, they, they play each other at the Euros. Um, again, that'll be probably one of the most exciting games, particularly of the group stage. Um, and it shows the depth of quality now of European football that, you know, Spain are a second seed side and, and we're going to get drawn against one of the top nations. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a warm-up. It, it can almost sort of both work both ways in terms of they might go completely at it. They might hold a little bit back. You know, they might not want to give certain things away. Um, it's interesting from England's point of view as well because assuming England win their group, which they should at the Euros because they've been given a a pretty favourable draw, to be honest. Um, they will probably play one of Germany or Spain um, in the second round because if England won the group, they would play the second place team yep. in that group. And it would, I mean, Denmark are in that group as well and, and are capable, but it would be somewhat of a surprise if, if Spain and Germany weren't the top two in one order or another. So it's almost good prep for England because, I mean, it's almost cruel in a way that you could win your group and end up with Spain or Germany straight away in the second round. But, you know, that, that again, is, is European football now. So I think it's a good warm-up for all of them um, because there's a good chance that, obviously, yeah, two of them are going to face each other um, in the summer, but the other one might as well. So it's it will be interesting to see how they approach it. Do they go all out or might they, you know, go all out against Canada maybe and then, you know, when they play each other, sort of hold something back a little bit. Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm sure um, Serena Weigman would love to to win this tournament. But realistically, what would she be looking to to get out of these games? Yeah, I think it's it's preparation at the end of the day, and and the schedule at the minute has, and it's the same for everybody. Um, it's the same for Spain. It's the same for Germany. But I think we talked about this last time in that you don't ordinarily prepare for a tournament with a qualification campaign um, because obviously at the moment and back end of last year, uh, they were ba- every team was basically just playing qualification games for 2023 because the tournament's now only a year apart because the Euros got postponed. So usually, obviously, the Euros would have been last year. They'd be out of the way and then you've just got your qualifiers. So, I mean, playing Latvia, Luxembourg, North Macedonia, you know, it's it's not the sort of ideal preparation for a major no. tournament um, because they're not the teams you're going to be playing and, and they're not the teams that you mark yourself up against. So I think it was crucial that they got these games um, for, for England, for Spain and for Germany. So, yeah, I, I think for Serena particularly, as obviously someone that's only come in recently, she needs to see where her team is at against the top, top sides and, and see where all the players are. So I'd expect quite a bit of rotation I think for all the nations I think you'll see all 20 24 players used at some point 
um, which obviously wouldn't happen across a, a three-game group stage at the Euro. So it's a little bit different from that respect. But I think that, yeah, I think for Serena, the main part is just to actually finally see where her team stacks up against some of the best teams in Europe because she hasn't had an opportunity to do that yet. I see. Yeah. It's going to be a, a busy, what is it? Is it a week, week-long tournament, I think? Uh, busy time for you. I know you're uh, you're going to be out and about at each of the games, so you're obviously looking forward to them. Yeah, doing the grand tour of, of the country. Um, obviously, the international break means I've got a little bit of time away from Chef United. So, um, yeah, going all, down to all the games. I'm looking forward to it. There's some games I'm looking forward to more than others, but they're all good games in their own right. Um, Spain v Germany being sort of first up um, on the first match day is very exciting. And then, yeah, seeing England take those two on as well, that's, I think a lot of the attention will be around those matches in terms of the Euro preparation, um, not to disrespect Canada, but yeah, it'll be uh, be good. Be nice to get out to some games and um, yeah, watch some, what hopefully I think will be high quality international football. Yeah, looking forward to it. Well, maybe we can uh, maybe we can catch up come the end of the the tournament and just maybe recap it all and, and hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, not a problem. Rich, thank you very much as always, and we'll speak again. Thanks, mate. My thanks go to Rich Laverty there for his time, who will be a busy boy racking up those country miles, going to all those games. And if you want to hear his up-to-date thoughts on them all and what he thinks of the games... You can follow him on Twitter at RichJLaverty. And as I mentioned, I'll have a chat with him once again once the competition is over. Will England get their hands on some silverware? We'll have to wait to find out. In the meantime, you can also follow the show on social media, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And no doubt I'll put a couple of pictures up from the Spain game that I'm heading to at Norwich. So keep a lookout for those. And in the meantime, if you are going to any of the games, do travel safe. I hope you enjoy them. I'll catch you again soon. Cheers. <laughs>